Podtacular, the unofficial Halo Universe podcast presents episode 824, Interview with Accelerate, recorded on May 30th, 2022. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Podtacular, the unofficial Halo Universe podcast. I am your host, Dust Storm, and on this very special episode, uh, actually our first guest host of this year, actually, uh, we have, we're starting our foray into getting some online content creators on, and our first one is Accelerate. Welcome Hello. to Podtacular. How are you? How you doing? Doing good. Doing good. It's been a, a busy day, but... Happy to be behind the microphone and finally happy to get a guest on uh, the podcast. We've been talking to a few, including you, for the past couple of months and just trying to nail down the time has been a little bit crazy on my part, but happy to have you on. Dude, I am excited. This is <laughs> actually the first time I've ever been on a podcast. Really? Yeah. Okay. Well, this will be... In all uh, sorts of, I've been in all sorts of calls and stuff like that, but I've never actually been in a podcast. Okay. Well, hopefully this won't be too daunting of an experience for you, and we won't scare you away for any potential future episodes or collaborations, but happy to have you on. <laughs> and um, as we ask all of our guests, why don't you tell us a little, little, little bit about how you got involved with Halo and what you currently do within the Halo community, and you can pick whichever one you want to answer first. Yeah. So my first like raw interaction with Halo was uh, a very common story for many. Um, I went over to a friend's house and he had Halo three and he was playing, it was just offline customs with him and his brother. And I was just sort of watching them and I'm like, what are all these crazy looking maps and weapons? Like I was, I was super intrigued by all the, the wildness of it. And this, like, Oh, this is Halo. Now he was a super casual. He actually stopped playing video games after Halo three, hmm. but that was enough to get me into it. And I, I, I would go on YouTube. Now, this is, I had a PlayStation 2 at the time, so I couldn't play Halo. I can just go to a GameStop and buy it. But I was like, let me, uh, let me look more into this. And I just spent time like watching gameplay footage and watching multiplayer games, just like pre-recorded stuff on YouTube. And I was like, I love this. This is so goofy and colorful. And it's so crazy all the time. Like, this is amazing. And I bought... Uh, my, my PlayStation two was starting to fail. I had the mm. iconic, uh, spring break where you had to like put weight on the top for it to read the discs. And oh, I hadn't heard of that. I, it, it happened to the slim versions. Mm. That's what was one of the ones I had. And I was like, I need a new console. And I was like, I'm, j I, I'm going to buy an Xbox 360 because I, I want to play Halo. And I bought ODST. So I got that campaign and then the entire mythic multiplayer. multiplayer yeah, the, yeah. Like the entirety of the multiplayer suite so i just alternated between that campaign and odst and then eventually um when john my buddy when he stopped playing he gave me halo 3 like campaign on this so i got to play the actual campaign and then i got into reach and then my first game i was there for like at launch was halo 4 so i was a little bit late to the halo 3 scene but that's where i got 
my intro into the series. And then uh, around the Halo 5 time, as I was really sort of branching out and making a lot of friends, a lot of people, I began to make a lot of friends with people from the studio. And I was just all inspired by how they were so positive on everything and how people looked up to them. And I was, it was inspiring to play with them. And, you know, like little, like 15, 60 year old me was like, oh, this is so cool. Yeah. I get to play with the people who made the games. You know, like I loved it. And it just, it went farther and farther. And what really shot me into what I do now with Halo is the Halo Discord. I got started with that. And just my day-to-day interactions and everything that went on for the first couple months after that release, they brought me on as a moderator. And then I got to take part in programs outside of that. And like, it, it, was, it was wild how fast all that uh, evolved until the point where now I'm sitting here, like my, my name is in the credits of the game. Yeah. Like, like I went from just a dude, like had no idea what it was to like literally working on the games. It's a really cool little contrast but what i do now is a lot of stuff everywhere it's really hard to explain (laughs) uh some of the some of the more public facing responsibilities i have is like moderating that's the most common one i i hear about is you know discord and waypoint and twitch uh mixer rip yeah just stuff like that but there's also stuff i do that i don't publicly talk about it's just got a whole wide array of things and responsibilities. And sometimes it's like overwatch, just keeping tabs on things. But for the most part, it's just sort of engaging in the community and see what's going on. Yeah, I definitely can relate to that on a few different levels. And I think a few folks, probably some of our listeners know some of the involvement that some of our guests have had on the show and, now you're kind of part of that whole, yeah, we, we got a small little community group that has a little bit of the inside knowledge and we kind yeah. of kind of shuffle things in and out and like to keep good tabs on the community. And I think it's definitely key to have that relationship with the studio, make sure the studio is kind of getting the latest read on what the community thinks. And also they trust us enough with giving us a couple of things and bringing our thoughts on, on things every now and then. but. Uh, it sounds like you got a pretty accelerated start into a lot of the <laughs> that kind of inner circle, and and I'm kind of want to l- know a little bit more about your initial thoughts with Halo, as far as like you were playing Halo three with your buddy, you got ODST. Where did that really kind of sit with you? Like, was multiplayer more of your thing back then? Was the campaign story something that sucked you in and kept you in? Like, w- what was that initial thing that really solidified halo for for you as far as you wanted to kind of stay involved and get (laughs) as far deep in as you are right now it was definitely the story so fun fact not only was halo 3 my first game it was my first multiplayer game up until then i had never actually played an online multiplayer what about like a split screen multiplayer I think I had done that on occasion, very, very rare occasion. That was like when I was at a friend's house every once in a while, or maybe like a sleepover with a cousin. But I'd say 95% of my gameplay up until that point was just me, you know, playing like Star Wars Battlefront 2 offline against the bots, you know, just having a good old Sunday afternoon, eating pretzels, playing bots. Like that was, 
that was most of my time. But what really sucked me in was just the breadth of the Halo universe and then the Spartans. I had always been fascinated by suits like Iron Man and like Ratchet and Clank deadlocked. That was a game I played. He had a big metal suit. I'd always been mesmerized by these concepts of powerful people and even powerful suits. So like the Spartans were right at home for me. I was like, oh, this is cool. Like these guys are strong and they can lift cars and do all sorts of crazy stuff. So, (laughs) you know, that was my immediate like, oh, dude, Spartans are the coolest thing I've ever seen. These are amazing. And like learning about Master Chief and playing that campaign was pretty cool. Super like My first one was ODSTs. Yeah, but it was just, it was so cool. Like this futuristic universe, all these futuristic guns and like aliens are coming and I got to defend the planet. Like it was just a really cool, like, catch on to me and i i've been with it ever since uh but i see i'd say what really like kept me going was uh halo 4 big team battle when that came to the 360 mm. and i got a i got my first microphone i'd never used a mic online before and i got to like talk to other people and it was funny i, I, I didn't understand how they worked at first so i used to go into games and yell at the enemies i'd be like why are you shooting me like i'm trying to be like i didn't understand they couldn't hear me Oh, <laughs> but that, but that was, it was really cool. Like to get to socialize online. Cause I never got to do that before and just make friends. And, and it's wild. Some of the people that I play, I played with back then. I still play with to this day. I actually was just playing with someone earlier. Uh, his name was flops where I I've known him since halo four. So it's been like almost 10 years now. And I got to actually meet him in real life. And like, it was just a really cool time where I was like, this is really nice. I get to play these games that I love to play all the time, but I can play them with other people and we can laugh and have a lot of fun. Yeah. It was like the next step into a little hobby I had just playing games as a kid. That's great. It's cool to hear that you still have some of those original like gamer relationships that you've had when you first got into the online multiplayer scene and that you still carry those to this day with the changing landscape of video games and so many games out there like it's not uncommon to have that kind of distance loss but that's pretty cool to hear that you still like the few friends that you really started to play halo with you're still going with today so that's a cool cool story yeah it's a really cool like little legacy i'm building where it's like i have all the stuff i'm doing content but at the end of the day i still have all my homies yeah no that's awesome be there that's that's really cool it's really inspiring to hear that as far as being able to keep up with with friends that you really still want to play with despite like i mean you've blown up on twitch and a lot of the other content that you do and heck even moderating for halo takes up a boatload of time so the fact that you're still able to to do that is is really really cool yeah i definitely can't be around all the time like i'm not playing with them nightly like i used to but Sure. Uh, sometimes, you know, maybe I've streamed for eight, nine, ten, you know, two weeks in a row. And I'm like, I just want to take a night off, like do some laundry and like play siege with the boys. And I'll, I'll text my guys and I'm like, hey, like, let's get on and play or like, let's play uh, something else like Stardew or, you know, who knows what. Uh-huh. Let's play some PUBG and, and we'll just get on and we'll play. And it's 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 like I just played with them the night before. Very good. It's been so long. There's no, you know, I'm, I'm just there and we're chilling. That's really cool. So as far as the campaign stuff, you mentioned that was really the thing that really grew you into Halo, the super soldiers, yeah. the armor, that kind of stuff. What's 
kind of the big thing? Is it really just the armor or is, is there anything else within the Halo universe that really kind of sucked you in as far as like wanting to learn more about the background of the story or the, like you, I think you mentioned was Halo, Halo for a big team was what really solidified you in the multiplayer, but was there kind of going back through the campaigns, any one particular campaign is like, Ooh, this is like what really interests me. And once you want to push yourself into learning more about. Yeah. I I'd, I'd say it's really just the action that's that Halo has always had of like a bigger than life war where there's space and giant cruisers and Mac rounds and atmosphere and all this like crazy stuff that goes on. I've always been fascinated by sci-fi mm-hmm. and you know, again, like the cool, like powerful people in armor, you know, little aspect. And I think it was just kind of the situation where everything just perfectly fit. Where like I liked the multiplayer. I thought the story was cool. I can make friends playing it. There was lots of action. There's lots of sci-fi. There's so much I can look into and read and lore and all this. So, like every all the check boxes were checked where I could look at all the other things available to me at the time, and I would say Nothing checks all the checkboxes like Halo does. That's cool. Halo, I think, has a unique perspective in that, or at least the kind of the Halo uh, collective franchise. Still a couple things yeah. I think we're waiting for in Infinite to get here, but hopefully in time those will come. In time. Yeah. So for, I guess, the, the next kind of logical question is, <laughs> given being a content creator and whatnot, What's your favorite campaign story? Uh, that one's tricky. There's okay. little things I liked about all the campaigns. I'd say probably Halo Infinite. Okay. The the newest one. I liked Halo 4 before that. Um, Halo 4 was cool because I got to see all the crazy worlds. Like a lot of the, the Halo and the older ones, it was always Earth-based. Mm-hmm. You no know, DST, you're walking through New Mombasa, Halo 3, you're going through the jungle and all that stuff, and you're you're on high charity. You are in the ring for a couple bit, that's pretty cool, but it's still like Pacific Northwest themed, there's no like craziness. Uh, with Halo Infinite, it all was the same theme, but the sense of exploration was so much more immense, and the game was just so visually beautiful, where I was just locked in of the sense of like, it feels like I'm playing Skyrim, but it's in the universe I love mm-hmm. where it's halo and there's grunts and they're screaming at me and there's <laughs> elites and there's brutes and like everything that I love about halo in a larger, more explorable campaign where I feel like I don't have to do the objective. I can just kind of wander around and look at stuff and I don't feel pressured. I don't have someone in my ear yelling. Well, there are a couple of points in the campaign where they do yell. You're like, Hey, go check out the structure, go do this. But for the most part, the free roam aspect was something that Halo has always been missing for my personal tastes. A CE kind of had it. It was really nice and open, but it was still linear in an aspect where infinite is just, here's a map, go explore, do things in the order and the like that you want to. And it was, it was, it was an experience where I sat back after finishing it. And I was like, I think that was a very easy best campaign I've ever played for Halo. It's definitely for me up on that Halo 2 tier campaign. It's I'm still kind of mentally trying to weigh the how Halo 2 brought in the Arbiter and the Covenant side of the story and you had this duality going on back and forth. Yeah. And then 
like you're saying, the whole open world aspect to Halo, like that feels like what the Halo experience should be. Yeah. So it's- I'd say there were there were definitely moments where the story was a little out of whack, where I was like, okay, you know, I I defeated the the main character, like oh now there's another one. Sure. Uh, okay. You know, there were there were there was definitely moments where the plot fell through for me, but that was far triumphed by just playing the campaign and just the exploring and finding weird weapons and like the, all the little nooks and crannies of the ring, like the actual <laughs> play for me, you know, finding a giant cheeseburger in a cave, like the stuff like that. That Easter like, egg was crazy. It, it filled in, it filled in the lack that the plot brought to it. Okay. So you weren't a huge fan of the, the story necessarily. Um, I liked it. I enjoyed it. It was a, I, I thoroughly enjoyed um, the new Halo plot of like Cortana going crazy. I think it was a good way to wrap that up and sort of move everything forward. And I'm excited that we're going into more Chief versus the Banished now because the Banished, I think, are some of the coolest, most aggressive, most like actually imposing opponents we've ever had in halo yeah as far as where we've been with the flood and the covenant it's almost like that initial encounter that you get in halo ce you're, you're really lining up kind of a, a brand new story so there's that mysterious aspect yeah. to it and then when the flood shows up it's like well what's this new thing and it's a threat to the, the galaxy and then in halo 2 and you learn a little bit more about it and that's kind of almost the pinnacle of that story for halo 3 kind of concludes it but then for Halo Wars 2 and Halo Infinite, this whole Banish thing, it, it, they've done a really good job with this faction, and I can't wait to see what what more happens either through well, hopefully there's Halo Infinite DLC. They haven't said anything, but it kind of doesn't make sense to not have DLC at this point. Yeah, <laughs> with there, the there's no life there's not going to be anything over 10 years. Yeah, yeah exactly. I agree. It's going to be I think cool to what they can come up with. I think aside from the game having to be delayed and a lot of the key features not yet released with Halo Infinite, it's still kind of on edge, I think, for some folks, which makes a little sense, but at the same time, at least 343 is kind of committing to giving us some of those things. I just hope that it comes sooner rather than later. Yeah, there's definitely some oddities going on, but I, I think we're in for a very fun ride, and I'm definitely excited for what's more to come. Yeah. Especially around the weapon. So, done with the easy questions. Let's move on to a little bit more uh, difficult questions. <laughs> sure. So, what got you interested into streaming? And I guess, did you start kind of in the, the Halo 4 big team and start streaming on Twitch? Or was it, did you start with Mixer? Or I guess maybe Beam at the um, time? I, 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 I tried some oddities like throughout Halo 5, just, just for fun, like just to learn and sort of experience it. Um, but the big thing that made me want to become a creator was I was working at Marriott at the time. I was, uh, I, before I worked at Apple, which, you know, we can talk about that later. I, uh, sure. I used to work as a tradesman in uh, doing so I eventually I ended up at Marriott but before that I worked at several businesses for like fire demo wind water damage like all sorts of crazy stuff so I knew like the plumbing the HVAC you know electrical all that good stuff and 
I was just in this cycle of like, okay, I go to work and I come home. I don't really do anything. I sleep, maybe go to the gym. Like life was really boring and I wasn't really inspired. And someone I'm very close to was like, you got to start something, man. Like you got to like, let's start a business or like, like, what can we do? You know, what are you going to chase? And I was just kind of stuck. And then like, it was such a pressure on me, those words of like, you know, you know, you're in a spot and you need to find something. And I woke up one day and I was like, I love video games. And when I'm not working, I'm playing video games. And when I am at work, I'm thinking about being home playing video games. And like, <laughs> I was like, why don't I just make a hobby out of gaming? Like, cause it was still back during the time where you know, back in like 2018 ish, where uh, Fortnite was about a year in and it was, it was starting to grow. Uh, like the concept of gaming being more than just like a hobby kids do. It wasn't, it was, it was starting to get out of that phase of being like real taboo to be an adult who still plays a lot of games. Sure. And I was like, I, I think I want to be a creator or I, I just want, I want to play games with people and I, I want to, I want to make something of it. I want to, I want to find a sense of purpose in doing it. Nice. And it, it went through iterations. You know, I made, I made Instagram content. I, I figured out how to edit it on YouTube, but I really enjoyed streaming. I used to watch a lot of people on Twitch. So prior to me streaming every day, I used to watch Twitch every day. And even though I never played it, I used to watch a lot of like Fortnite players back when Fortnite was like the peak of streaming. And I watched like Ninja and Tifu and Cypher and Tim the Tammy and all this. I would mm -hmm. watch them play. And then Warzone came around and I would watch those guys play that. And I was just like, this is so much fun. Just sitting here watching and you know everyone else is watching and when something happens we all react and it's real fun and we get to interact with the streamer i was like this is this is amazing like i i want to try this and i took like little stabs at it they were more like me learning and reviewing and and i still to this day go back and watch my vods and see if i can improve anything but it was more so me just kind of collecting info on how to do it and then around november 20 was that 2020? Um, I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to stream. And I think a Halo 3 had just hit MCC PC. I'm pretty sure around then. Or like it was, or like Halo 4 is about to come out, something like that. And I just started Probably streaming it like and that. I was having fun. Yeah. And I, I was, I was doing pretty good for someone who was starting out from essentially nothing. And then I fell really sick and I was actually bed bound for about, six to seven months Ooh. like i i couldn't physically leave my bed it was a it was a very probably the darkest time of my life oh, but sorry. in that in that time i was able to really mentally reflect and understand like these things i thought important were not important and these things that i thought weren't important truly are important and that's where i i realized like halo is what i need and I want to be in this community and I want to continue to be involved. And I saw like, I saw where all my pockets were. I, you know, I knew I was, I was good in the creator or I was good in the, the moderator side of things and the, the outlook side of things. And I was continuing to grow close to the company, but like, I was still had that hole of like, of, of reaching out to other people. And that's where content filled that. And I just, every, all my priorities kind of lined up in front of me. And when I was healthy enough, I was like, this is it. Like I, my goals are clear. My vision for where my life wants to go 
And what I want to do with Halo is here. And the only barrier between making it a reality is me doing it. And that's when, you know, life was changed ever since. And ever since, uh, with the exception of vacations, I have not gone more than like two days without streaming or creating content or posting on Twitter, like just being involved and trying to make a difference. That's incredible. Kudos to you, man. That's, that's a rare gift to just know what you want to do and go and seize the opportunity to do it. So good for you, man. Yeah, thank you. That's, that's really it's been uh, quite the journey. <laughs> I bet, but no journey is not without its trials and triumphs. So hopefully that's an inspiration to, to someone out there because that's a really cool story. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot more details to it for sure. And it was, uh, relating to like the sickness, like I, it was at the point where like my life was in question and we didn't really know what was going to happen. And mm. that like having lived to that point, I think that's honestly why I do so well at what I do is it, there's a phrase that always hits my mind when I think about this story and the topic, which is, um, you don't know what you have until it's gone. Yeah. All that perspective. Yeah. It's like, I, I don't care if if I post something and it doesn't do well or if if I get hate mail and someone says you're trash <laughs> the content. Like that thing doesn't bother me at all. It it doesn't even phase me because I'm just happy to be here. Because I know what it's like to to sit there and go like, you know, I may not be here next week. Wow. And I don't really know what to do about that. And like having that having that aspect of being so aware of how much privilege I have and how lucky I am to be here and how tomorrow is not promised like that just drives everything I do. I think that's why one of the most common pieces of feedback I receive is like, I like how you're just honest and you're happy. It's like, yeah, because that's, that's who I am. That's awesome. And honestly, like watching your streams and watching your interactions on Twitter, I mean, that's kind of, one of the reasons why I kind of picked you out to be a guest on the show, because you're, I mean, the every gaming community has its corner of fans that make a fuss and <laughs> like yeah. Halo's not an exception. That that's kind of the norm no, no, in the no. gaming industry. It, it It's something that happens. It's not something that we're very proud of. And I, I think it's, I think there were days when it wasn't as bad, but maybe that's just me being naive or just hopeful thinking of past memories with Halo. Yeah. But just, it's nice to see a lot of, or some faces that are out there just trying to promote the game and just saying, Hey, Halo is a fun experience and you, you're the ones that make it fun or not. If you don't enjoy it, then I mean, it's sorry that you don't enjoy it, but don't bring it down for everyone else. Yeah, I agree. And it's, it's a rough spot too. Cause Halo is one of the longest legacy mm-hmm. titles that are still going. So, you know, like there is no, you know, prequel to Apex Legends that people are comparing it to. And right. there's no, you know, there's such, such a grand history of Halo and such a diverse, like every, every game was so different than the other one. It It's really, it's, it's definitely a rough spot where there's so much more historical points to make feedback on and there's so much more to compare it to 
uh, there was a phrase John told me one time that I loved, and he said, uh, comparison is the thief of all joy. Mm -hmm. And it's just Halo is in such a rough spot because there's so much Halo to compare itself to. Well, in in a way, you can't really compare it necessarily because it's not the same game. And if you want to go play that game, that game technically still exists. Yeah, exactly. And and people are afraid of change. That's not something that is uncommon or we don't know about. But at the same time, we have to like move on and and continue to improve and just learn that. I mean, the biggest thing is I think that I don't like seeing is when people go out and attack specific individuals, and because like people are at the studio are trying to do what they know how to do best and no one is intentionally trying to bring down the franchise or, or make it worse or anything like that. Like (laughs) no one in their right mind would be doing that. But for some reason, people think that three, four, three is killing halo when they're the ones actually keeping it alive because look, new games are coming out. Yeah, it is. Um, it, it really, it's shocking to me. Like, uh, if halo didn't have such a name behind it, like, Think about, you know, if, um, I don't know, if Bioware came out with a Bioshock game and it was garbage, they're, they're not going to make another one. And that, that's what happened with the last one, technically, is, you know, like, even if there's a couple games behind it, if there's no real way to capitalize off of it, they're not going to make another game. And the love that the devs have poured into the games time and time again, especially with some of those guys that have been there for so long, like the reason these games are still there is because of how much they pour into each title. Yeah. It's blood, sweat and tears, especially when it comes to that final crunch to get the game out. Yeah. If, if we were any other franchise, we wouldn't be here. We, <laughs> we would still be going like we, it would be, we would be the equivalent of like the, the half-life fandom of like, When's the oh, next yeah. game? It's been 15 <laughs> years. Like, you know, we'd be like, when's the next game, please? Right. But, you know, we always know there's a new game coming. Or we always know there's an update coming. We always know, like, something's coming. Where I, I, I don't think any Halo fans ever sat there going, like, man, I, I wonder if Halo's never going to come back after this. Yeah. And I feel like that's a it's, luxury a lot of fans take advantage of that don't realize it's there. I mean, I'll say it again. 343 is the reason why. Halo still has games coming out. And honestly, the for those that play Halo Wars, Halo Wars wouldn't exist if it wasn't for Well, no, I guess the, Yeah, that one's a that's a weird that one's spot. A weird spot. For Halo yeah. Wars. <laughs> Bungie didn't I mean, want to do uh, it, but Microsoft kind of forced them to do it. Yeah, like, I I, with I, will say I thoroughly enjoy those games. And if, if a third one came by, I would totally I would download it. I'd play it. I'd, I'd call the boys up, be like, "There's another one coming out, guys! Like, right. let's go play it." You know, like it. You know, I love that game. Uh, it's definitely in a weird spot of like it's not like in terms of the RTS genre. It's definitely a weird spot. I understand why they're not like, you know, rushing out the gate to get another one. Mm-hmm. But, and you know, the the people who made those games, a lot of them are are working either on infinite or other projects. It's definitely a weird time. And especially like with halo infinite and the weird spot it's in, you know, I don't think anybody would be, I don't think anybody would not understand why they don't like prioritize a third game to add on top of all the stuff they already, you know, are working on with infinite. But 
Because that's what people want is people <laughs> working yeah. on another game while people are complaining about issues. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's it, Halo Wars is definitely in a weird spot, but I, I assume we'll eventually get a third game. There's a lot yeah. of untapped material, especially with like Forerunners. There's so much we could put in there yeah. that we haven't even, you know, Halo Wars has only ever touched like Covenant, Unity, Banished. You know, the whole Promethean thing, like that could be put in a game and right there alone is enough content for Halo Wars 3, so... I assume there's there's more brightness on the horizon for the the fans of that line of games as well. There's so much story that's been teed up that could possibly be executed on. It's yeah, the story in the universe of Halo is just incredible. So it's I think it's just one of those things where I mean, you gotta give at least credit where credits due in in the game. And if you don't like the game, then not everyone's gonna like everything that everyone puts out. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's kind of just the nature of the beast. And I think for, for us, really, there's some things we don't like. We've talked about on the podcast, several things that we're not happy about that didn't come to fruition. Like na- our main issue was the reach customization style system that we were promised and we don't have, but yeah, it doesn't mean that we, <laughs> hate 343's guts or hate the game. It's just one of those things that, yeah, we were disappointed, but we're not going to let that impact our enjoyment of the game overall. Yeah, it is. Uh, and there's always room for growth there too, but, you know, it's it's not... Uh, I understand why people are upset about things, but I think uh, I think we have a lot of room for growth there. And I think even though... It's, you know, the doom posting is definitely excessive. <laughs> I think we're in the right direction. You know, we're, we're getting cross core. Yeah. And if, if people had just, if, if, if the whole customization was just like, you know, 15% of the community being like, what is this? And the other, we're like, I don't care. Look at my cat ears. Like if the majority were just going, <laughs> look at my cat ears, like then, you know, we wouldn't be getting cross core. We wouldn't be getting reduced shop prices. Like, so we're definitely going in the right direction. Yeah. I mean, the studio obviously cares. It's not like they don't care. If any anyone out there is saying that 343 doesn't listen, <laughs> just look at the changes that are being made. Sure, they're trying to make changes what they think is going to make the game better. And oh, we yeah. might not always agree with it, but the fact that they're reverting some of those changes means they're listening. Yeah, the hardest part about being a game studio is you have to be the good guy and the bad guy at the same time. Yeah. And honestly, in the game industry... It's one of those things where the players don't always know what the players want. There's a whole like psychology aspect to it where you might think you know what you want, but you don't really know what you want. And then there's also market yeah. trends because we all know how players don't like the whole loot box system and some aspects of the season pass, but then that's what the market trends show is profitable. <laughs> Yeah, it's a it's a weird time where there's a lot of benign feedback going around. It's obviously everyone wants a free game where everything in it is free and you don't have to buy the game. And I'm sure the devs, if if they had the opportunity, would make you know a free game where everything's free and you don't have to earn anything, or like only everything is only earned through gameplay and there's no possible way for you to spend money, right? But that it's just not something. Yeah. Realistically, yeah. Well, let's get back on the topic of you, since we're here to talk about you and what you, <laughs> what you do. Sure. What's your first question? <laughs> so you 
you stream a lot on Twitch. Uh, you mentioned before that you had streamed on Mixer previously. Did you, yeah. did you initially start on Mixer or did you start on Beam and then uh, obviously made the Twitch change over to Twitch whenever Mixer left? I streamed on Mixer like once or twice. And then for the most part, it was Twitch. Uh, systematically, I kind of knew like, oh, Halo is Mixer based, but the majority of watch time and the majority of viewers and all like twitch owns the market share so i knew it was like well i could grow faster on mixer but i can only go so far you know mm-hmm. long term twitch is where i should be if we're looking at long term factors sure i did get to one time i got to host the community play date when they did those every wednesday nice. i got to host or i think it was like tuesday i got to actually host that on mixer one time that was pretty cool and essentially like the devs were with me and they would read the chat from my chat and answer the questions on stream. It's a really, really cool thing to it. But, um, I was about to switch to mixer. I was thinking like, well, for you know, long term, Twitch is definitely where I'm going to be, but short term, it's probably super easy to develop on mixer. I should give it a shot. And I was prepping, um, I was using Streamlabs OBS at the time. I was prepping an alternate profile to use on mixer with everything set up properly and 10,000 bit rate and all that stuff. And about a week before I pulled the trigger, I had this in my head of like, I'm going to do it next week. Mm-hmm. Like a day after I placed that into my head, like literally the next day they announced the mixer were shutting down. And I was like, Ooh, <laughs> dodge that bullet. Ooh, missed that one. Hey, yeah, it was, it was, it was pretty funny. So almost went like pretty religiously on mixer, but it just never came to be. Gotcha. I think, yeah, uh, <laughs> I think you lucked out there. Yeah, uh, it was very, very close. I knew a few people who were either on the verge of getting partnered with Mixer or had just gotten partner like within two weeks of that announcement. And then it's like, well, what was all that for? <laughs> I mean, you know, in a, in a positive light, like uh, watching a lot of the creators move to Twitch mm-hmm. was it seemed pretty flawlessly for a lot of them. Now, some of them did move to Facebook, but the majority of the ones that I kept eyes on moved to Twitch and it was pretty seamless and they were rocking, you know, still good numbers. They were still, most of them were top 25 of whatever halo game, whatever category they were streaming in. Like they seemed to move over pretty flawlessly and they definitely benefited from the growth they had on mixer. So even though it was kind of disappointing, like, well, you know, this is where everyone watches me. Like it seemed like a lot of them adapted pretty well and it definitely could have been a whole lot worse, but turned out pretty well for a lot of people that's good yeah i know twitch facebook youtube the whole discussion around which platform is better which one's growing and whatnot is always going to be a contentious one but it's glad to hear that at least you were able to hop on board the the twitch train and really like you kind of mentioned get a pretty decent following going out the gate do you yeah it was a it was a pretty good time did you find for any particular uh, style as you were kind of, I think you mentioned doing a couple of test streams or, or trying things out a little bit and kind of seeing what you felt good about or not good about. Did you do some initial streams to kind of get feedback on what people liked or did you just kind of do some looking at other streams to kind of build what you think you wanted to have as your brand? 
Uh, it was more so me learning the technology of okay. like how to use OBS, how to use Streamlabs, you know, how to set up a camera, what is color balance, what is auto exposure, right? How mm-hmm. do what is what is bit rate? How what is changing this do? What how do I set my X two sixty four preset? Like I spent so much time processing that stuff <laughs> and really just figuring out how to stream. Okay. Uh but I'd I'd say like some one of my biggest inspirations was not myself. It was another streamer. I used to watch a lot of Tifu and I used to love how he would believe it or not. I used to love how he would sparingly interact with chat because my previous experiences with streamers before that was always like overdone. And I have always hated like fake faces. Okay. When it comes to content. I hate when people, you know, overdo it when, when, you know, they're playing and they're mad and they're not talking and then, you know, someone subs and all of a sudden, oh, it's all smiles. Oh man. Hey, let's get some hype in the chat. Like it's, it's. Oh, just, yeah, just doing it that, for that, the, that, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Doing, watching Tifu and really, he was the inspiration where I got to see like, there's 50,000 people watching this guy. He's not even reading chat. Right. If, if, if this kind of content can thrive, then I don't need to put a fake face on. And that was part of solidifying my courage to just be like, I'm just going to stream and create content and I'm going to be myself and I don't have to, to, you know, dye my hair blue and do the (laughs) funky dance. I can just, you know, I don't have to wear the mustache and, and, and say stuff. I can just stream and be myself and you know when someone donates five subs they go hey thank you man i appreciate that you know it means a lot to me and i keep playing i don't have to make a big deal of it i don't have to sit there and scream at chat and try and drum up a whole fake scenario you know it was he was one of my earliest inspirations where i was like i can just be myself i know i I was definitely you know my goals were higher than that i wasn't going to not read chat and just not say anything but but it it showed me that i don't have to be that side it put a level of of uh, what's what I'm looking for? It, it I guess, kind of helped instill that you didn't have to like be that fake face or have to put too much effort into reading the chat all the time. But you could be yourself, enjoy the game, but still like acknowledge the chat whenever it was appropriate, either in pausing gameplay or like you yeah, didn't have he, to he kill, your, me that, kill uh, Hanging out works. Yeah, just hanging out with people. You know, sometimes people just watch you to hang out. Right, which is important to make sure that <laughs> you can still enjoy the game that you're playing and still participate in the game and not have to worry too much about being required to read the chat. So yeah. if you got a good community that understands that, then that's, that's very fortunate. And I think a lot of people just that's watch streams or I think we've gotten into a, the culture now where that expectation isn't quite as, demanded yeah, so I, I think agree. that i think that certainly helps yeah for sure I, i've only seen you stream halo <laughs> so do you stream things other it's, than it's halo the only thing i do stream. Okay. no no I, I just stream halo uh i've had a couple oddballs where maybe i'm like you know what Chad, you, you guys want to watch me play like siege for 30 minutes and i'll stream siege for like 30 minutes and get stream sniped or like you know i might <laughs> uh i might play a game like off stream uh-huh with some people that's not halo but variety streaming which is 
insanely popular is also extremely destructive to new creators. Like it doesn't allow you to build a foundation. Mm. Something I've always brought with me when creating content was the understanding that people will watch you for usually three reasons. They like the game you're playing. That's a they big like one. the way you play it. And then they like you. And if you mess with any of those three, they'll go find another streamer who does fit those three. So like maybe they like how I play a game and they like who I am, but maybe they don't want to watch me play Happy Wars. So they're not going to watch me play Happy Wars because they want to watch a Halo streamer. You know, people who watch categories stay within those categories. And that's why I, I realized like, one, it was no problem for me to stream Halo. I, I love Halo and I can play this every day, but you know, in terms of streaming, I always had this fundamental understanding, like I need to stay consistent in what I stream as well, not just streaming or playing good when I stream. I need to be consistent in what I stream and that builds the audience faster than anything else. And there's, there's all sorts of stats that prove it and all that stuff. Sure. But I never, I never went into the hard numbers. I just, I just understood. Like if I want to build a family, I have to be in the same house every day. Yep. And I, I mean, my follow channels would echo that sentiment through and through. Cause most of, aside from friends that I follow that I've actually like met in real life and that or either I'm good friends with aside from like the handful of those I can count on 10 fingers. Everyone else I follow is pretty much halo. Yep. So that makes makes sense. I mean, that's that's I guess good that you caught on to that early. It, yeah, I see. It, it's it's too it's too common that people do like variety way too early out the gate, and you you see it a lot if if you ever come around like someone's Twitch channel and you're like, this guy's like eight thousand followers, but he's only got like ten views. Like, what's he's only got ten viewers? What's what? Did he like take a break? And you just you look at his schedule and he's he's streaming eight different games a week and you're just kind of like, oh, mm. that's probably why. Interesting. Okay. Some lessons learned for anyone who's interested in streaming out there, I guess. Yeah. Well, everyone's different and I'm sure there are people, there are plenty of people who have found success doing exactly what I just said doesn't get you success. You know what I mean? <laughs> but, but if there was, if there was one piece of advice, you know, I, I were to give to a newer streamer other than the, obvious of like invest in a camera and get good audio it would just be don't stream 10 different games a week like find a game or two and invest in them invest in their communities and the communities will invest in you be a little more focus more on consistency than yeah yeah that makes sense especially if you're trying to focus on actually building your stream is one thing if you're just kind of streaming for fun what I would primarily do, but if if you're streaming to actually like intentionally make content or it's something that you're striving towards, then yeah, definitely sounds like something that's worthy to consider. Yeah. And it's, it's definitely like, I don't blame other streamers right now for streaming other things. You know, it's, it's clear that Halo Infinite has its rough spots and that a lot of people get really frustrated with it. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it takes a sort of, it takes a headspace to have to like, to be able to play this game every day. Sure. That's why, you know, most of the people who are left are mainly just like creators. You don't see a lot of like little guys streaming the same game every day. You don't see them playing Halo every day. But gotcha. You know, it's, it's, yeah. 
I don't, I don't blame them for not wanting to play it every day or being like, I don't know how he plays it every day. Like, I definitely <laughs> understand if you stream other things. Right. Right. I won't, I won't hold it against you in these times. But I mean, speaking of which you managed to stream Halo pretty much. I mean, you're, you're streaming at least five days a week, I think. Uh, yeah, about six to seven days. I think it's like 6.2 out of seven days a week. It's like some weird average. Basically about like once a week, I'll take a break. And, and, and it's more so just I get I get caught up and I'm like, oh, man, my laundry's getting behind. Like, I need to, <laughs> need to go take my car and get service. Like, I, I just suddenly realize I have so much to do. I'm like, I can't stream tomorrow. I got to get stuff done. Real life kind of comes in and is like, knock, knock. Yeah, no, if, if it's it stems from the fact that I have a job and I'm a creator. So it's like I don't have, you know, I, I can't just wake up do you know whatever i want for the first five hours a day in the stream i actually have to like go to work come home yep. eat start my stream go to bed like it's i feel that all of a sudden i realize like oh i haven't done anything outside of those two things for like the past week and i need to get things done but yeah pretty much six or seven days a week i stream halo and just halo for the most Four part you stream with viewers right i mean at least the, the time. yeah yeah, pretty much every day I play BTB nice. with uh, with my viewers. I think it's a it's a lot more inviting and and growth capable space to be in. Of like, yeah, let's play BTB with viewers and people come in like people I've never seen before. Like, hey, how do I get in your lobby? You know, oh, wait, what's your gamer tag? I'll add you, and then I add them, and they hop in, and they play, and they're like, hey, man, that was great. Like, I'll be back tomorrow. Like, you know, versus if I was in ranked, not playing with anyone, you know, the only option is watch. Right. What has been probably or do you have kind of a cool moment where you've had someone ask to play on stream and then it's been a really good experience and you become friends with them or just had a really good time an awesome play has there been anything that has really been a benefit to that kind of openness to bringing <laughs> random people in from chat i mean realistically like that those awesome moments happen probably every day where I, I get at least one or two new guys and then I see them tomorrow and I see them the next day. And, and um, yeah, I don't really have an answer to that question, mostly just because it happens every day. I mean, and I, and I think if I it think happens every day, I, then I've that's grown cool. so fast. Yeah. Cause that means you're just enjoying it. People are enjoying it and you're helping create that positive atmosphere. Yeah. I think uh, probably the only time I haven't had people, like the only time that would differ uh, back when I streamed MCC is sometimes people would find me and they would love my content because I played Halo four. Like they were okay. like, Oh, you're the only person I know of that plays Halo four. And I was like, what dude, there's gotta be like a couple more of them. Like, like I know Mazza plays it, but she's open at like 3am. But, <laughs> but when it came, when it came to infinite and the whole community was rallied around like one game, you know, it, it was super easy to just be like, yeah, my lobby's open come play and I, and I stream and they see I'm, you know, vibing with 40 viewers and they pop in like, Hey, can I join? I'm like, yeah, man, come in here and bada boom. There's another fan. There's another, another, another homie coming to hang out with me every night. That's cool. Do you ever get to a point where you have a full lobby and you have to ask people to rotate out just to get other people in? Uh, every night. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's a good problem to have. Yeah, this is quite a hard day at work. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's I don't ask people to leave, but it, it kind of works itself out because 
I play for four hours a day and most people don't play for four hours a day. So <laughs> most people play for like an hour, an hour and a half, maybe two. So, so the rotation. Yeah. The, the 12 I start with isn't the same 12 I finish with, but that constantly rotating, I'm always at at least like nine or 10 people, but like, you know, uh, maybe I finish a game and, and two new people hop in, two old people leave. And then I play a couple of games and two more people leave and two new people hop in. And it just, it just kind of rotates in itself. And I think people always understand, like I've, I've built this, this whole, like my lobby is open expectation. So I think people kind of know if they see my name and they see like a 10 out of 12 that they can join and they don't even, they they'll join it. And then they pop in my stream, they say what's up and we start playing. And, and I think people just kind of know, like if I want to go play BTB, like I'll just go play the accelerate. I'm sure he might have a space or two or, or I'll hang out for a minute until he has a space or two. And yeah, we just vibe. It's pretty cool. I think you're probably one of the only larger streamers that I've noticed that kind of has that default philosophy of having that open lobby. And not to say that some other streamers don't, but some of them have their little gangs that they play with regularly or have their squad that they go in with. But for as far as kind of the more well-known and, and larger streamers, I think you're probably one of the few that actually has that mentality of, no, come on in. Come play some games with us. Yeah, I, I think it's such an untapped uh, mentality that a lot of streamers don't realize. Like, obviously, if you're like a ranked player, you know, Persecute isn't running open lobbies because he's like top 10 in the world. Like, he's not, you know, he obviously the lower people would struggle. But like for a lot of the BTB creators or people who just play like social modes, like when you when someone comes into your stream or your your YouTube video, your your content and they're just watching and they enjoy it, that's a fan. But when you play with them and you laugh with them and you engage in real time with them beyond just reading their message out loud, (laughs) you're making a friend at that point and they're going to come back. And yeah, that's really cool. Your, your friends, this is probably in the thousands at this point. I, uh, I just checked it. I think it was yesterday. I have, I think I have like 250 people added, but then the amount of people who added me is almost at 1100 on Xbox. That's not too bad. So then. it's it's not it's not terrible, but it's it's definitely on the rise. It was at like six hundred when it when it came out, <laughs> like seven hundred <laughs> something like that. So it's it's getting That's higher. Pretty big, yeah. That's certainly up there. That's cool, man. So you had mentioned uh, earlier that you you work for Apple now, or is that uh, a- yeah? I do a lot of stuff with Apple. No, I usually don't go too in depth on that. Yeah, you don't, you don't have really, to. I really if you want to. Talk I really about try it. to keep work separate. Okay. From my content. But yeah, my, my daytime job, well, morning slash daytime is Apple. I'll just say they're, they are probably one of the greatest companies to work for, period. Nice. But they enable, I say they enable me to be able to create content. Just the way they empower. You have a funding source of some kind. You. Yeah, they, they empower you as an individual and they work with you in terms of scheduling, all sorts of crazy stuff. Like they, their leadership has changed my life in terms of being a positive person. And Microsoft's leadership has empowered me to be more of a leader role, like to lead by example. And That's I great. think those two combined have, have catapulted my life into such a, a great position where, you know, I, I'll meet someone who is just, they're toxic. And I'm like, nah, man, listen, 
we can be better than that. Like, come play with me. You know, you don't got to hate the game. Like, I got you. Get in here. Let's have some fun. And and I actively try to to help others and stuff. It's it's been awesome working between the two. That's awesome. And the the fact that you've gotten to really take a or just like learn from that experience, but also like working with the community too. That's, I mean, that that was only going to help. I think you and then everyone else that you have the opportunity to influence. So that's, that's really cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm genuinely happy that I have a good foundation and it, it resonates so well through everything I do. And it's, it's wild how like, it's this weird surrealness of realizing like, when I see other creators that are 10 times larger than me and sometimes they do things or they say things I'm like, why, what are you doing? <laughs> like what, like, what why, why are you hurting this? Doesn't, like it's, it's not so, it's not so much of like what makes you think this is a good idea and more so of just, I, sometimes I see things I'm like, why do you not have something in your head that doesn't like try to stop you from this? And I think that's, that's what helps me so much in content as well as, you know, knowing like, if these individuals saw what you posted or, or, or what would this person think? Or like, I just have the, these, these moments where all the, the people who have impacted me and all the, the leadership roles that have made an impact on me really influence what I do and, and elevate it to a better level because of it. And that's important, especially <laughs> given the state the community's in and some of the comments yeah, that get brought up every now yeah. and then. There, there's so many people you know, just they're taking low blows and grabbing, grabbing a low hanging fruit. And I'm just like, man, like people are going to remember this, you know, I have talks with, with people on stream about other creators sometimes. And, and, you know, people remember what you did back in Halo five or what you did back on MCC, like who you used to be like those, you, you know, it doesn't matter how good of a person you become. Like people will remember the things you used to do. And, I think setting yourself up for success uh, really involves, you know, a lot of self-reflection and understanding that like, you know, you could make this post shitting on the game and get a thousand likes doing it and get, you know, make 50 followers out of it. But, you know, when your five minutes of fame blows over, people are going to look at you as the guy who shit on the game. Yep. Not the guy who has more followers. So it's, that's- it's, it's, it's definitely something I'm, I'm happy I'm happy that Apple and, and Microsoft have made such significant impacts on my life. That's great. Yeah. I, and I think I would say the same thing with, I've had a few different just opportunities with the studio through being able to go to PAX and be, go to do the studio visits and all the people that I've gotten to, to meet and just learn more about the gaming industry and how the studio works and operates and, just being able to have that understanding and that rapport with people and just getting to know and understand that they're people just like us. They're passionate about the game. They're passionate about making a game that's fun and enjoyable and not everyone's perfect and not everyone's going to like everything that comes out of it. So as long as there's the understanding of, Hey, people are going to do the best they can and with the best intentions, then I think that's just the best thing to really have the mindset of at the end of yeah, the day. They're, they're just humans. Yeah, exactly. Just like us. I would never forget when I was at a outpost discovery in, um, in Philadelphia and I was sitting down, uh, at the stage 
I was sitting in one of the chairs, like waiting for it to start. And I was looking at my phone and mm-hmm. someone sits right beside me. Now, like I was the only one sitting because it was like quite a while before it started. Mm-hmm. So I was like, who's this like weirdo sitting beside me? <laughs> and I, I turned my head to my right and it's Unishek. And he's just sitting in the chair. He's like, so man, I was like, in my head, I'm like, like I, I, it was before I even started content. So I'm just like this little like Halo 5 player. I was like, Unishek just sat down beside me. Just like, hey man, like a normal Tuesday. Yeah. So I, was, I was like, I was like, uh, what's up, man? He's like, hey, how you done? Like, you excited for the play? Day? I was like, yeah. I was like, yeah, I'm just, we're waiting for more people to show up. It's a little slow this morning, so I don't know when it'll start, but are you enjoying your time? He just asked me questions like, you enjoying your time? I'm like, yeah. And, and we ended up, uh, I, I told him, I was like, well, you know, I'll get up and I'll bring some other people and we'll, we'll play some games and maybe draw a crowd. And I went up and I played all like five different games before I hopped off and other people got a chance and all that. And <laughs> it was, it was such a cool moment of just like, just interacting with them. Like they are the same level as me. Like it was like a normal Tuesday. Yeah. Like in that moment, it was just me and John just chilling. That's cool. <laughs> That's really cool. Yeah, it was, it was just really a cool random moment. like that a while. Yeah, it's just like what's up, man. Like, uh, <laughs> what's up, man? Like, That's, oh my god. That's really cool. Well, it's been an honor to have you on. Go ahead and give a shout to your socials and your stream because for the the content that you make, it's it, again your really positive outlook on the community, which I think people really need out there. And you're out there streaming. So if anyone's interested in joining up on you, why don't you give the folks where they can find you? Yeah, I uh, I stream every day on Twitch, uh, XLR8 underscore live, uh, every day around 8 p.m. Eastern time. I got a YouTube that's coming. Realistically, just search my name up and maybe type in like Halo. It'll it'll fill in all the good stuff with with all the good metrics I've been having in lately. But, you know, I'm, I'll be here for the long run. If you don't find me now, you'll probably hear me eventually later or <laughs> something will happen. But, you know, I'm, I'm just excited for the future and seeing all the fun that we'll have with, uh, with all the future coming. So very cool. Thank you for having me. What, what kind of content are you looking to put on your YouTube channel? I usually do condensed replays. So, you know, I understand, especially when I stream like the times that not everybody can be there. Mm-hmm. Not everybody can watch. And YouTube is somewhere I need to continue to build because I want to be able to provide good, fun content and gameplay to people every hours of the day where, you know, and we have a a big lack there right now. It's all clickbaity and, you know, well, the future of this and this dev said this on Twitter, there's, there's a lot of room for the traditional style of gameplay again. And I'm excited to sort of get everything out to people on YouTube. So very cool. That'll be yeah, really cool to see. Me. Yeah, no, thank you for coming on. I really appreciate the the time and hopefully we'll get the opportunity to play along with you at some point on uh on one of your game nights. I know I've mentioned a few times about trying to hop in, so hopefully I can <laughs> find a free night to to do that. And yeah, anyone and everyone is welcome. If I've yeah. never met you before, it doesn't matter to me. Yeah. Well, thank you for, for being on. Hopefully we can have you on again at some point in the future for some round table or some other kind of discussion, but appreciate you taking the time to, to do this. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. All right. And for everyone else listening, thanks for downloading and listening to this uh, little special episode. Hopefully you get to a few more guests 
uh, coming in the next couple of weeks. We plan to have the maker of Halo 3 Sunrise, uh, which is not Halo 3 Sapien, which is why I called it last week, on the show this coming weekend. Uh, that will probably be another offline recording, but this person's managed to bring back the Halo 3 Xbox 360 matchmaking servers through a mod, so we're going to be uh, interviewing them about what it took to make this thing come back to life on Xbox 360. So look forward to that. We'll be back on our regular show on Thursday night on Twitch, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. So we'll catch you all there, and thanks for listening. Guys. Nice.